Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 14. So, Cal, we talked about financial crashes and how those come to be. But what do you do if this affects you personally? How do you rebuild? How do you take a pause and start over and rethink things? So in this case, first thing we have to go to one of the previous episodes, one of the previous topics we talked about, I think, is whenever you plan on investing towards something, a business or through the markets or through whichever means, first of all, again, we have to get to the point of being sustainable and then being past that point. And then the money that you can, quote unquote, afford to lose, that's the money you want to invest. So Let's say I end up saving up and I have 10,000 extra dollars sitting in my bank account and I want to invest that in some way or the other. First of all, personally, I wouldn't use all of it. So that would, let's say, put 5,000 in exposure there in terms of risk. And the other 5,000, I'll just park aside or put in something very, very safe. Now, if I end up losing that $5,000, I would always have the backup. Now, before I reinvest and use the backup, I need to make sure I have a new backup. So to make a long story short, don't go all in on one investment, right? Just make sure that you first test it, try it out and test the waters. Because if your investment starts working with $5,000 and then $6,000 or whatnot, it should work when you have $50,000, $100,000 or more. But if it doesn't work at those levels, the increase in capital does not correlate with and being a successful investment, right? So that's basically how I think of it. Again, don't start big, to start small. And that way you can always learn something new, learn what you've done wrong if you blew up your account or if something goes south and then you have something to back up. Yeah, that's almost because I think when losses happen, they happen quick. And I think most people aren't experienced in the psychology of loss and how to handle that. So you might see panic, you might see bag holding as it's called, you're like, well, I'm going to be dedicated to this. And then you start writing that loss down. And you don't have sound judgment, which is would you rebuy that investment if you're holding cash? No, then get out of the investment. That's probably the right decision there. So you made a good point, which is, if you have a business that you invested in, you might not be able to go partially in. I don't know. I have an open one, but let's say we're opening like a restaurant or a bar. What would you do then? Would you still go all in or would you wait till you have more money saved? I know even saving, I don't know, let's say $100,000 is really hard for a lot of people. Would you take a mortgage or a loan? What kind of risk would you expose to yourself if you were starting out? It's a tricky one because you're right. Those kind of investments require a lot more capital to begin with. And they are very competitive, like, again, opening a restaurant or a bar or something like that. So I personally may look at it very differently than others. Some people would revert to using leverage. Again, something else we talked about before, which is basically going to the bank and trying to borrow some money and putting that money towards starting up a business with the hopes of proper planning and the good business that it would actually end up being profitable. But the thing is, I would look at it as any normal 
investment I would take. I need to have a stop loss before I get into the investment. So, okay, if it works out, I'd be able to pay off the debt that I have and perhaps grow to even a larger business or franchise system or to other fields of investments, right? But what if it doesn't go well? So it is just as important to plan, actually arguably more important to plan your failures. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, just say the challenges, because that's the difficult part, right? If things go south, what do I do next? What do I do then, right? Some might argue if you don't go all in, then, you know, you're having a safety net and you're not going after your dreams. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the same thing is you need to plan a backstop. So you're able to pursue your dreams. So what do you think of it? What's your point of view of that? Well, I think setting a stop loss is interesting. And for listeners, what that means is you have an exit strategy and we use this in the car business. What was the cheapest price we'll sell a car where we know it'll sell so that we're not holding this inventory and are risking or exposing ourselves to future losses we don't really know and can calculate. So I think business is very math driven. It's a numbers game and it's based on assumptions. And if you're not willing to test your assumptions and be wrong, I think that's where the danger lies. So all or nothing, like you said, it's romanticizing entrepreneurship. It sounds very good, but you're not really giving it your all if you're going to give up after your position goes to zero or your restaurant doesn't work. Are you really giving it your all, right? So if you think of that psychologically or if you give up, people say, oh, never give up. So I think there's a nuance between what giving your all actually means is how do you plan to be smart about it in the first place? And that's why we try and be methodical about things because what can you learn before you get into the race car and do a lap? And then what do you learn from experience? There's so many aspects. Are you willing to learn is kind of a mantra I like to think about. And I know with that, you leave yourself open to possibility, but you don't want to drive your business to the ground. And it's interesting to think about because I don't think everyone necessarily thinks about risk every day in that sense. I'm not going to speak for other people, but under the assumption that you get a nine to five or a day job, a lot of people have the comfort in thinking, oh, my job's secure. The world's fixed. It's not moving. But if you're going to take that aspect of, well, I'm going to be in business for myself, I'm going to control my own future. It really is a good question to think about. And I think why we're bringing this up is because what happens if you don't really think it through and which is fine, but if your business fails or you see a financial crash or maybe the market's not crashing, but you made a really bad investment decision that seemed to have gone to zero. Maybe the stock gets delisted. Maybe you might be holding this position for 10 years and not even recover half. So are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to own your risk as we talked about? That's a fantastic question. I think you covered the bases. So sustainability, I really believe in diversification in terms of opportunity. So usually I want to do many investments at once. I don't mean that necessarily in starting 10 businesses, although I think it is cool to start different projects on the side. The always learning Versus not, like if you want to apply math to it, for every loss, I like to say, go learn 10 things. So, hey, look, I lost some money in an investment. 
And again, there's a distinction between an unrealized loss and a realized loss. But so people will think, oh, my position will go back. I'll make it back. And that's a slippery slope. It can get dangerous. Maybe you won't. So you got to be able to assess that. And like Cal said, have a stop loss. That's pretty smart. But I guess what I'm saying is, what are you learning from your mistakes or when things go against you? And use that to your advantage. So you should always be learning. And we talked about some stats about traders, how many don't make it. And I think it's because they do actually give up. It's really hard. And if you're not learning and willing to put in the time, of course, you're not going to make it. Like Things that are hard, they won't be fun. So you really have to have a passion for it. You have to want to wake up and say, I'm going to work on this today. The boring stuff, the average stuff, it's going to move my business forward. So I think if you think of it in that approach, that's where you get the momentum from. So Cal, do you have any personal projects or setbacks you can talk about where you had to start over? Yeah, there's a few times I started my investing in equities and and whatnot, and it failed in the sense that I blew up my account. But again, I was wise enough to start off with the capital that was easy to place. I didn't start with a large capital amount, so something manageable. And also, it's money I can afford to lose. Let's not mix gambling with your money with being able to afford to lose that money. It's money that I can live without, but it's money that I truly worked hard for in the hopes that it will actually multiply. So a couple of times I blew up my account, but again, I didn't start with huge amounts. First time we started with a few thousand dollars, then did it again after that. And then eventually I started being able to grow. And to this day, we can have those instances that you bag hold in the sense you hold onto investment, hoping that'll grow and grow. But the challenge is, what do you do after that happens? What if you plan everything accordingly and you still blow up your account and your investment still goes south and your business still goes bust because there's something that's out of your hand that happened? Like we're having currently with the global situation There are businesses that might have been incredibly successful and powerful before the pandemic happened, and now they aren't because there's no business, there's no economy, there's no money flowing in the system, right? So I mean in the sense that no consumer spending. So those businesses, many of them are shutting down as we speak. So what do you do then? And how do you prepare for such a thing ahead of time? expecting something like that can happen every 10 years or so. Yeah, we talked about for an actual business, reducing your spend, reducing your burn rate on what you're spending. And you can relate that to your personal finances as well. So things that were luxury items, maybe you're treating yourself to going out or maybe now because you're working from home, you're driving less. So use that to your advantage to control your spending so that you can build the future. And like we said, money is fuel. So I think the smart thing is just to repurpose that money and say, well, if cash flow is tighter, let me repurpose it to things that are more essential, things that will pay off in the future. So what will this dollar do for me today that will grow in the future to make my life better? So for the listeners who aren't familiar, how would you best explain what blowing up an account is, Cal? What do you think? 
So blowing up a trading account or investment account is you have money in that account and then you put your money towards the stock of a company and then that company maybe goes up and goes down in value. And after a while, let's say that company ends up going bankrupt. So once that company goes bankrupt, that means eventually get delisted from the exchange. And what internally happens is the money needs to go through the system in terms of breaking down its assets and paying to all it owes the money to. And usually the last who would get any money and usually actually no money would be the stockholders. So you would lose all that money. So in the event that you'd lose the money on that investment, assuming you used all your money towards that company, that means you blew up your account. It turned from 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 into zero. So that means all the money you had was gone in that account. I think the best analogy for blowing up an account is actually like a rocket ship. So you've got this explosive growth, everything is going right, and then something goes wrong and boom, it blows up. So I think the analogy is good because usually you're not just going down to zero like a sinking ship, you're actually doing well. You can turn 10,000 into 50 and then some way, I guess trading is more high risk. You just watch your balance go to zero. So it happens when you're high risk, but it's good to talk about because it's not necessarily something you can avoid. If you're going to be playing in the field of business, learning the risk is more important than ignoring it or pretending it's not there. So how would you best describe that feeling psychologically and I mean it sounds like you did the right things which is not go bet it all in black at Vegas or put a mortgage on the line and we talked about that do not do that you have to be sustainable your quality of life will suffer if you're blowing up things that are essential to you if you can't pay rent and you're homeless that's a really big step down in quality of life don't be foolish like that but how do you get through the psychology of day one or day zero of that and how do you restart it's a horrible feeling to go through that even if you start with one thousand dollars doesn't have to be blown up because like you said it's not just the one investment it could be over multiple investments right or trades you buy high sell low buy high sell low and then that money turns into zero or next to nothing so it's a very horrible feeling even if it was a small amount just knowing that you weren't able to make that grow and absolutely feeling like maybe I'm not fit to do this. The thing is, most businesses fail, most investments fail, most traders fail because first of all, my personal opinion is I don't think people are educated enough to get into that sort of business. The ones do make it either have really done the research they are really offering something that others aren't. They're catering to a need that maybe no one else in the business is catering to. And they're prepared, right? So you go in prepared, knowing what to do when things go right and when things go wrong. And the feeling is just awful. So if you're prepared for it, if you know that, okay, my account is now zero. So how did it get to that point? How do I avoid that happening again? And what do I need to do to start over? And that's what you look at. And if you have those funds, let's say I have 10,000 again, using that number as an example, I put 1,000 in 
and learn from that. And let's say I blew that $1,000 and take another thousand from the 10,000 fund and put it back again. And using what I've learned from the first time, it doesn't have to be that way. There's a lot of experience online. There's a lot of books, a lot of videos, a lot of people out there that would give you advice on what to do, what not to do. So you don't have to go through it single-handedly because it can get very expensive. Basically, tuition fees of the market is going to cost you quite a lot. So it's okay to spend on your education to learn a few things. It's okay to spend money otherwise just to try to avoid from having those big losses because that is an investment towards your investment, if that makes sense. That's a good way of putting it. And whether you spend your only $1,000 that's past sustainability or I'm going to use SpaceX as an example. So when Elon Musk made a bunch of money selling PayPal, getting acquired by eBay, I think he put half into Tesla and half into SpaceX. He planned for three rocket launches and guess what? Three rockets blew up. So go ask that guy what it feels like to burn $50 million. That's crazy, but he said, this is important enough that I want to see this through. And I mean, failure is always just possibility, I think is a smart way of thinking of it. Don't pretend it's not going to happen. It could. So what are you going to do about it? So he ended up, I think, scraping money for a fourth launch that actually worked. And it's funny, his business was literally blowing up. But now I think they just had an astronaut fly to the space station on the first reusable rocket ever created. So that's basically a space plane. And imagine what dividends that will pay off in 10, 20, 100 years when everyone else iterates on that technology. I think that's quite fascinating, right? Incredibly fascinating. And it was quite a big event globally, first of all, for mankind. And it's the first visit, I think, since 2011 for any astronaut, if I'm not mistaken. It's such a big news. And the fact that, again, I don't know too much about SpaceX, but I know that I think you mentioned to me that they cut the cost almost 80 or 90% of having those reusable rockets compared to the traditional space shuttle and how they're able to land. Again, and in terms of investment, you look at it and say, that's amazing. You can create something like that, that NASA hasn't done or any other space agency has done ever to this point. And this small company, effectively, compared to the others, was able to do that. And it's just absolutely fascinating. So in terms of a company, he was able to turn a pipe dream into reality. But he was prepared for it, right? This is a multi-million dollar project. And it didn't take him one, two days to do that. It took him over a decade, right? So it's huge. Yeah, it's fascinating on the business side just to watch because... If you think about the benefits of travel, so you can get a package from New York to China by just shooting a rocket up in the air and having it land. That's a leap in travel around the world. If you also follow the progress, who has a more ambitious goal than going to Mars? That's probably the most ambitious. Like a better skincare product or iPhone at this point is commonplace, but that's why I find... That guy's so fascinating. It's crazy what he's doing, rethinking what's possible using physics to say, where can I actually do to drive humanity forward? And I find that inspiring because it's funny how when something is important enough, you become so driven that you're like an immovable force. And I think that's the secret, which is getting 
yourself in tune with what's so important that you want to get up every day and work on it. And failure is an option and it happens. It could be on small projects of the business. It could be the whole business. Maybe you have to change and pivot. But if you live your life that way, you're in control and it becomes your drive, your focus. So I don't think failure is something you should shy away from. Starting again is okay. It's actually encouraged because how did you learn how to walk? How did you learn how to ride a bicycle? How did you learn how to play sports, do things well? It really just comes down to don't be ashamed. Go for it. Be willing to learn. And if you have passion, it's cliche, but what's going to stop you if you have that drive? Nothing. Keep going at it. So don't be ashamed of blowing up an account of trying ideas. And the mantra in investing is invest less. So if you're like, well, you know what? I worked really hard for this thousand dollars. It took me a year to save it. I'm in sustainability. Then don't spend it. Back down to resourcefulness. How can I learn for free? Can I YouTube things? Can I build a business on my computer using free apps, free services, trials? Can I partner with someone I know who's good at something I don't know? And all these little things where it's not just about money. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? If you think it's just about money, that's probably why you're going to fail. If you're creative, resourceful, and you've got drive, that's way more powerful than money can ever bring you. Money will come. So I think that's the takeaway from this is how do you approach every day? Starting over is expected. We go to sleep, we rest, we recover, and we wake up and do it all over again. It's kind of a fundamental of life. And just one more point. So I wanted to talk about as much as money is not important, I just want to close off with a statement about how I would do it. So an important concept I have, which I've talked about, is recapitalization. So you blow up an account, you tried a business, maybe you're like, oh, I really didn't need to spend that money. It didn't actually drive my business forward. So I spent money on an app. I bought samples. I bought some clothes. I bought some tools. I rented an office. And you're like, well, it didn't actually drive my business forward. So how I would think of that is how can you recapitalize? So do you have good cash flows to have money coming in to try new projects or to use that money elsewhere? So if you learn by doing and by spending, like you said, tuition fees in the market or you're physically spending money on a business, but it didn't work, how fast can you get that money back? And to me, that's a good indicator of your growth potential and how many shots and goal you have. So if you can save $10,000 a year, 10 opportunities a year is a lot better than one. And maybe you'll be more adventurous with trying things. And again, back to resourcefulness, how resourceful can you be and how important are these goals? So I think those are some of the underlying themes to think about where you could really push yourself forward and decide your own future. Awesome, man. I just want to add that just be prepared. And like you said, the more shots you have, the more likelihood you're going to make it. So if you're prepared ahead of time, 10 shots on goal is way better than having that $1,000 and just having that one try. Absolutely. So with that said, go out there, start again. If you've had something that didn't work, try and think of it a different way. It's not about just the money. Go out there and try something. So we'll wrap that up there. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. That was Methodical Millions, episode 14. 
If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.